0: Well, hello and welcome to the Ascent Podcast. My name is Brian. I'll be your guide today. And we have a very, very exciting uh, session in store for us. And we're going to be talking about why not now. And what we mean by that is a lot of times in life, we all have plans, we have thoughts, we have ideas, different things we really might want to get into, but something's holding us back. Something's keeping us from actually pushing that go button, getting started and doing it. Have a Awesome cast with me today. Some super guests. We're going to share some tips, ideas, some of the personal challenges we've gone through over the years and just trying to hey get the motor running, keep us moving in the right direction. So stick around. Gonna be a great session today. So let's get into it. Let's have our guests join us. Well, good morning, guys. How's everybody doing? Good, good. How are you doing? Doing well. And so uh let's just dive into this really quick. And as I did, I did an introduction there. And basically what we're talking about today is why not now? And really, as I said, my overview is just really talking about the, those things in life that, you know, you know, you want to accomplish. You've got some goals, some ideas, some tasks, different parts of the journey of life. But for whatever the reasons are, you're having some struggle, getting started, keeping it moving, sticking to it. Sometimes, sometimes it's You know, you get it started, but you only get 20% of the way and you get frustrated and you quit. You don't see it through, right? So that's what we really want to share and kind of talk a little bit about today is some of our personal experiences with those things, what we've done to kind of help move us through and move us along as far as those particular things go, the challenges that we face and could still be facing uh, when it comes to uh, time management, when it comes to personal fears, when it comes to judgment and whatever else may be going on. In that circle of things so who would like to start who would like to kind of share just a little bit of maybe a personal experience that you've had something that maybe was on your list of a thousand things for a long time and you just took took you a while to get to it maybe tell us why
1: i think i'll defer to the to my elder cousin mr black
0: chris what about you what a story or something that you've kind of said you know what It's taken me a while, but I finally got to it. And just kind of tell us why it took you a minute to get there.
2: You mean as far as an idea or a project, correct?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, honestly, I mean, if we're, you know, if I'm being real, if I'm being honest, I'm kind of in the midst of that right now. Okay. Um, You know, I've been on the sidelines for the last six months or so dealing with some health issues um, that has been a major hindrance in um, my desires moving forward as a, Restaurant and, restaurateur and, and entrepreneur. <clears throat> and like I said, uh, we're finally putting those health challenges aside. But over the course of the, this last, I, I, honestly, this last six months to a year plus, um, I've been trying to figure out if I want to actually get back in the restaurant game because COVID knocked me out of the box. And uh, it's been a series of just process for me. Um, I think the beautiful thing about even having health issues is there if there is a thing was it gave me an opportunity to literally kind of think it through i mean mm-hmm. um me going into the restaurant game again this is not my first you know as you know i've had i had a restaurant for 15 years um and it was kind of easy back when, we, when i first started because i bought an existing business and we basically shaped it into what we wanted it to be um now through this whole process and, and and years of growth and knowing what works and what doesn't work or believing i know what works and what doesn't work um i've been able to decide how i want to approach this thing matter of fact i, I think i told you this the other night brian we were talking and tom you i think you know this from our trip together um my realtor is i found a space that i like that i've been looking at for about actually been looking at since 2020
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And
2: the space is, you know, for me, it's the perfect space. If I'm going to do what I want to do, uh, that space is now available. And the uh, landlords or project ma- uh, property managers have met me before. And I, from the conversation and, and that I've gotten, they're eager to get me to put, they want to give me this space. Uh, and my reality now is I'm, I'd like to do this space, but I also need to figure out how I'm going to do this space. Um, because one of the things I've learned as an entrepreneur is um, um, I'm trying to get as little of my money involved as as possible and see if I can get somebody else's money involved and just do what I do. You know what I mean? So yep. um, that's kind of the that's kind of the point I'm at right now. And, I'm, the, the, you know, one thing about entrepreneurial endeavors is there has to be some discipline in the program. You know how you operate. You know, I'm not a kid anymore. This isn't the, this isn't the Chris of, you know, 20 years ago, who's just blindly going in, you know what I mean? Just, you know, flailing and this is going to work out.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: I've got a lot of history behind me. i got a lot of data and I believe in my heart of hearts, I know what will work and I know what doesn't work. And more importantly, um, as we'll probably get into this moving forward, these topics we have today is that um, how risk tolerant are you? Right. So how risk averse are you? Um, and in my case, um, it's, a you know, learning, knowing what I know and the experiences I've had, you just, you know, you, you tighten it up a little bit and, you know, I'm, I'm gaining, I'm gaining, I'm gaining momentum with my desire to get this project, you know, to get this project off. I'm at the, you know, I'm on, I, I scarcity to say I'm at a crossroads, but I'm at a point where, you know, I've got to figure out how to, cause it seems to be growing and not, Shrinking my desire to do this, so now it's like follow my heart. You know what I mean? Right. Follow my heart with a, with some sort of a plan. Oh, yeah. And, we'll and that's what this. I that's what I
0: wanted to say is it sounds like you're at that stage. And one of the things we want to definitely stress is um, not to go at things just willy nilly, right? You you do yeah. need some type of some type of plan, some type of structure. Now the flip side of that coin, this is where I struggle because there's been several things. I mean, even in this platform, getting it started. Um, was there can sometimes be this perfectionism piece mm-hmm. where you you know you're, you're feeling like it's got to be the right time. You got to have the exact plan. Every every detail has to be planned out before you start, and that's also not true. Mm-hmm. So there is this fine balance that you need to try to strive for between actually taking some action. Uh, because you do need to move forward. Mm -hmm. And one of the terms I always use is, I just call it start ugly, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's not gonna be perfect, right? Mm -hmm. And if you try to wait and wait and wait until it's it's a perfect situation, um, then you probably never will start because that day probably will never come. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, but the question then is, how do you go about getting yourself past that? Oh, it's gotta be perfect. I gotta have the right Mm day. Uh, I, I need every dot, every T crossed in my plan before Mm -hmm. I do anything. And that's not the case at all. Mm -hmm. Tell me, what are your thoughts on that?
1: You know, I I think that's always a difficult thing. I'm I'm a lawyer and, you know, we usually have a decent amount of time to prepare papers and things like that and get ready for your argument. So you're always going over in your head and, and oh, I should have said this, this way. I should have put this paragraph here. And you, you can sit there and edit yourself to death but eventually, you do have time limits. And one of the things I say to, to young lawyers, especially when I'm training them, is your first time is your worst time. Mm-hmm. It, it, it absolutely is. You're not going to like it. It's not going to go the way you said you felt it was going to go. It, it's not going to sound like it sounded in the shower. You know, we know that you're going to get better. And and there's a reason we call it practice. And, and so it's easy in that sense. Um, the other thing that I think helps me anyway, um, and I'm, I am not a perfectionist in that sense, but I will delay and, and find ways to procrastinate. Uh, is keeping a good community around me and good people talking to me. And I, I try to tell people what I'm up to so then that they ask me about it. So then if I know they're going to ask me about it again, I have to report something. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I'm arrogant enough. Sometimes I don't mind saying, no, I didn't do shit and that's it. But sometimes it does help to say, you know, OK, the next time I see so-and-so, they're going to ask me how it's going. So I'd like to be able to say it's going. So that, those are the things I kind of do to immerse myself in an environment that's going to help me Push myself even if I don't necessarily want to push myself.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, one of the things that you know I struggle with too, and I think a lot of people do, is that that sense of it's fear. But it, I think the the root of the fear is actually judgment, right? Mm-hmm. Because you got either a circle of friends or you got family members or wherever it might be, and if you're especially if it's something new or maybe something that they don't understand, then you have this thing on your shoulders, just weight of, man, how are they going to judge me? How are they going to respond? How are they going to react? Mm -hmm. And that can be one of, I think, the heaviest weights that you can try to, you know, get off your shoulders to try to move forward. And that's another thing that I know that I have had to, you know, just kind of literally try to figure out a way just to put it down right right uh and it's, it's funny I, I sit here now and i'm I, I do this podcast uh and you know i'm in front of the camera and even chose to do it live you know it's not even pre-recorded anywhere we can go back and edit it um but i was always that person who was always definitely behind the camera i didn't even like photographs taken you know mm-hmm. uh, so it's a 180 degree shift for me to be on the other side now where I feel comfortable to sit, talk, speak to a camera, know that the world is is watching and, and literally just not be totally frozen and paranoid by it. Mm-hmm. But that's what we mean when we say this, when we say, why not now, is if you know you have these types of fears or things that are holding you back, there's no other way to get past it except to actually do. Take You have to take some kind of action to start to move yourself past it. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I like, I like to call that the walking into the fire.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, uh, one of the things that you said, and not to interrupt, but I think it was something you said, Tom, about um, the community around you. Is that, is mm-hmm. that the one? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wrote some notes, obviously. I think we all did about the content today. And um, one of the things that, that was big for me was how do you overcome your fears and doubts? Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of those, we, One of those ways to combat that, and initially, and I think it's all through the process is having great mentors, um, people that, uh, and and hopefully they're in. Either you have personal uh, uh, relationships with these people, and/or business relationships with these people in some shape or form, and those mentors actually offer you, um, in certain respects, they are your SMEs, you know, we, that's a phrase we use for those that don't know what an SME is, your subject matter expert. Um, For me, in the food and beverage game, I've got some folks that are great friends of mine, but they're also lifelong professionals in that, in that, uh, that, that space. So, um, but also be cautious about over-information so in other words you know i'm dealing with some people that are high-end i mean they've been on the the five-star cusp of things Mm -hmm. so they see it from a definitely from a higher elevation than i see it from because i'm i'm a cafe owner you know what i mean i do Mm -hmm. fresh juices and coffees and you know and things of that nature you know what i mean so not to get so caught up in the words and and their what what is their process because your process is going to be unique in its own right and i've had to learn that you know what i mean that at a certain point those mentors are giving you all this information it becomes an information overload mm-hmm. you got to kind of like quietly cut them you know it's like
0: mm-hmm. i gotta cut you
2: i gotta cut you. you're gonna you're gonna stifle everything i'm trying to do because i'm gonna suffocate from all the information that is being put in front of me because you you take on a light you take that life on you know what i mean And then you, if you get away from it you're like no, no 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 I don't need these 20 things i actually just need 10 of them you know what i mean to get this you know to get this thing going you know what i mean and being having the ability to recognize that uh is huge because like i said you you'll end up stopping yourself
0: mm-hmm. and that's
2: what uh, i think a lot of people that have ideas and dreams and whatnot they end up stop it's not that i mean there's roadblocks let's be clear there are roadblocks uh on any level when you're trying to do some of the things that you know we want to do as dreamers, because it starts it all starts as an idea and a dream. But the reality is you want to make sure that you do not put yourself in a position where you end up stopping yourself. Right. right? Can be yeah. Challenging enough. You don't yeah. need to you don't, you know, it's like me being my own worst critic. You know, I mean we're gonna all I think everybody if they're being honest with themselves, when they say, Who's your worst critic? Moi <laughs> right. I'm that guy, you know what I mean? So
0: Absolutely. that's where you
2: you know, that's where you got to have that, you know, when you when you feel yourself going in that direction, that's when you got to say you got to be disciplined enough to put some self-talk back into the game. And it's positive. No, I can do this. This is not It's challenging, but it's not impossible. You know what I mean? And you got to start, you know, I'm. this is something that I'm learning as an individual is when things don't go well or they're challenging not to, to cast that on myself. And, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. You know, what I mean, why do, why do I think I should be able to succeed in this space? Well, the reality is, we all have a chance. You know, what yep. I mean, you, yep. you've got to put it on that level. You, you, you know, we're all we're all equal in, in our own right. You know, what I mean, we all have things that we're strong in, and we bring to the table. With Tom. You got what you do, Brian. You got what you do, Hi, Bridget. So, um, uh, so all you know, things of that nature. So, it's really it's a wide landscape. Do you want to try to try to rein it in as best you can and manage it? Um, well, while, while, like I said, not stifling what you're trying to do, what the, what the, what the end game and goal is.
0: Absolutely. So Bridget, I thank you for jumping in here. I, I know you, Bridget, we've talked obviously a lot, uh, as the time has gone by, how about you just share a little bit about, um, especially in the incubation stages of, you know, building bridges and, and beautiful girls, and what your initial hurdles and challenges were that you kind of ran into.
3: Um, well, of course, I, um, as you said, I have a, a mentor program, um, building bridges, uh, and then the beautiful girls, where where I mentor teen girls ages twelve through eighteen. Um, and and when I birthed this project, I held on to it for a little while um, because of fear. Um, I had the logo. God had given me the vision, um, and I just held on to it because I was comparing my what God had told me to do with what other people were doing. So that was my challenge is looking at other programs, looking at what they were doing, saying, oh, well, I don't know if I can do if I can do that. I don't know that many people. I'm not really well known in the community. Um, they have so many girls, so many you know children that they're mentoring. I don't even know that many in my in my area. How do I get those? And and they're well known in the community. So they're able to collaborate with other community leaders. And I don't know those community leaders. So I just started to compare my what God had told me to do, my purpose, with other people's purpose. And that was my downfall. Um, just holding on to it when I could have birthed it probably three years prior to when it actually rolled out and just did what god had told me to do with this program um and then when i did do it i still continued to look over at the other side and look and see what other people were doing and of course when you look over when you're like the the analogy when you're running track if you're looking at the other component your your opponent you are going to fall you're going to trip if you look back to where you came from you're going to run into something so that's exactly what i was doing comparing what other people were doing looking back at where I started trying to see, see gauge if I'm even coming close enough to where I can really be successful in this and all the wrong things. And it was, it was a, it was a stinking thinking kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so when I finally realized this is what I was self sabotaging, like, like Chris was saying, um, I started to like just step back for a moment and then regain my focus mm-hmm. and my why. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you doing this? Are you doing this to compete with other programs? Are you doing this to be like other programs? Are you doing, why Why are you doing this? When I did that, and when I been, became very conscious in that, it brought on a new meaning for uh, my program. And I started to move forward. So I just started again, again. I started again, again. Um, <laughs> and, and that was very helpful for me. And so since then, I've just been, Kind of tunnel focus on tunnel vision on what exactly God has told me to do with my with my program, mm-hmm. and I don't look around to see engage what everybody else is doing.
0: Yep, mm-hmm. that's excellent. Uh, There's that a comment from Kathleen, and she says, you know, too much old information thinking goes. All this stuff is coming, and it goes back to even what Chris was saying about you know you got this team of people who have experience and you know they're hitting you with all this information. And she says the technique she uses is to parking lot at all and then mm-hmm. take out of the parking lot the things that really are relevant at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So that's another skill that you can also use to try yep. to do when you when you're doing that is definitely take it in because it's all valuable. Mm-hmm. But don't take it and try to hold it all in here. You know, yes, put yes. it somewhere and then pull the pieces as you need it. Yeah. That's,
3: that's very overwhelming.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kathleen's actually a friend of mine and we work together at the law department. So, uh, I know from experience that we both use that, uh, that technique. My problem is that my parking lot ends up looking like an amusement park, just (laughs) no cars moving, nobody going anywhere. Just half an idea everywhere. Um, I have notebooks full now of, you know, wonderful ideas that my daughter is going to get to to read (laughs) when she gets my estate. But, um, it is good to hold them somewhere though. And I think electronically now we can even do that you know, much easier. And I, I do appreciate the fact that I now can come back to things now that I'm actually trying to find my own voice and that I can actually give some life to those ideas. So it's a good thing. Uh, I think she gives good advice to, to you know just put it down someplace and, and then come back to it.
2: Well, I, if I can interject for a hot second, the other thing about that, you know, you talk about this parking lot thing and actually the parking lot, park, I, I remember, Brian, I remember when we worked at Sprint mm. that was one of our things, the parking lot the other thing is just being able to pull you know pull pieces forward as they as they're needed you know i mean because you're going to start once you start the picture starts to become a little less cloudy you know what you're trying to accomplish and if you you know because it you know i always say progress isn't isn't measured in inches it's measured in progress so um you so as you start to because project is a progress. Progress is is measurable, but on the other hand of it is some of it's feel. So when you start to feel that you're having some progress, you're able, okay, I got XX and X pretty much on the road. Now I need to pull XX and X forward mm-hmm. so I can start to incorporate those other pieces. Cause pretty soon you're, it's like a juggler. You know, then I mean? you start you're getting more balls, right? And the whole idea is it's creating a comfort level that you can operate and building. Also, what I like to say is building momentum mm-hmm. towards your project. And that's huge. I think that is such an underrated thing. Um, I, we, we we're all kids, so I mean, I got a daughter, a grown, a grown daughter, too. And I'm like, I, I preach on her. Progress is not measured in inches. It's measured in progress. Damn it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And she's like, what does that mean? I was like <laughs> just keep listening and keep doing what I'm trying to tell you to do. And you're gonna all of a sudden you're gonna catch the wave one day, and it'll be like, "Whoa, where did that come from? You were right. You just have to trust and believe."
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's transition just a little bit too, because one of the things I think happens is when we're setting these goals and we're we're pulling all this data and we have this information, uh, how realistic are we being? You know, and that—that's something I think is a, is a big key to kind of look at and be aware of is to make sure you are setting realistic, tangible things that can be accomplished, mm-hmm. and it's not all pie in the sky, right? Maybe at some point that's where you'll end up, but you can't start at the end. You have mm-hmm. to start at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. So, in in that space of you know trying to get things organized, what what's a, a way that you guys have gone about? boiling your goals down into manageable steps, but then also making sure that they're realistic and true to who you are and what it is you're trying to get accomplished. Who has who has some ideas on that?
3: I'll say for me, I had to be um, intentional about my timeline because I started to extend my schedule. I mean, I had these big plans. I knew how I was going to execute it um, into action, but my timeline got so crunched till I got overwhelmed and started feeling um, more burdened than exciting, excited mm-hmm. about what I was t- tasked to do. So for me, I just had to uh, be realistic about my timeline and how long it would take to do this, then my next step. And then my next step, because I was crunching my time. And when I wasn't um, meeting that goal by that time, I felt defeated. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of mm-hmm. opened up my timeline.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's interesting. You touched on, I think, one of my major Achilles heels uh, when, you, when you talk about that, because I'm the type of person who I see the end very clearly. I see what I want. I see how I want it to feel and, you know, and, and how I want that, that thing to look. But I'm really bad at step one, step two, mm-hmm. step three. And so one of the things that I've had to do throughout my career and also uh, even recently is just talk to smarter people who've already done a lot of what I'm doing before and, and listen to them. Uh, you know, tell them your goal, and then they can talk to you about reverse engineering. You know, we've uh, I've, I've started my own company now, and the uh, guy who's been kind of my mentor and, and advising me about it, you know, I've said, oh, I want to do this. And he said, well, did you have this? Do you have that? Do you have that? And I'm like, oh, no, I just wanted it to be done, you know. And so he's been bringing me along, <clears throat> and my team is always the people. I've, when I've hired my team, I've been able to make sure that they're going to fill my gaps, and I think that's one of the things all of us want to try to do is recognize where you're weak and then bring people in to help you be strong because you can't be everything. And mm. so I, I do try to to recognize that, you know, I'm not going to be that guy sometimes and I will see where I want to go very clearly, I think. But how to get there? Uh, I don't know a lot. And, and I've lived a chaotic professional life. So I think that's why it happened. I was a public defender in New York City. And so if you think anything, any day is going to go in, in lockstep order in sequence, uh, you know, you're going to have a bad day. And so I've gotten yeah. used to just being ready for the end product and being able to, to kind of move around. But now when you're trying to create something of your own and you have, you know, the responsibility actually to, to create the whole pathway, um, it's harder because you do have to, to either learn or listen. And I'm better yeah. at listening than learning.
0: You know, Tom, while you have the mic, how about you give us a little bit of your background as okay. to, you know.
1: All right. Uh, Well, I started off my professional career as a public defender uh, for a place called the Neighborhood Defender Service of Harlem, and we did a form of public defense called holistic defense, um, which is really a a fancy term for saying we tried to give people the same black people the same kind of representation, middle class and upper class white people got we took care of the whole person, we tried to get them drug treatment and things like that. And so that was kind of a a launching pad because uh, they have a a good national reputation. And so from there, I uh, did that for about 10 years. And then I went into a place called the Brennan Center for Justice, which is another nationally recognized uh, uh, center for uh, different types of social justice. Uh, mostly they focus on uh, voting rights, democracy type things, and then also criminal justice. And I was in the criminal justice program. Did that for about three years. Then I worked at Legal Aid for about six months. Uh, just had a cup of coffee there before the de Blasio administration came into New York. And I worked on, um, I was the chief of staff at the New York City Law Department. And what uh, my tasks were, were the biggest ones were being the uh, lead lawyer for our monitorship of the NYPD. We had just settled the uh, Stop mm-hmm. and Fritz case. And then also there was a large case against Rikers Island that they had also just settled. So I was our lead attorney there trying to help us get through uh, making some reforms. As you can see, I was wildly successful and you know it just worked out perfectly fine. And now <laughs> there's nothing but justice all through the city. Uh, <laughs> but I did try. and uh, So from there, I also, uh, after the Floyd uh, uh, uprisings and, and, and uh, the different protests that happened in the city and in the country, I helped uh, put together our reform and reimagining plan for the police department that they're currently, uh, I'm calling it struggling, to work through and, and going with. And just recently then I stopped doing that and now I'm actually uh, trying to find my own voice uh, in social justice, racial justice work. And I'm starting a podcast called The End of America that hopefully we're going to be launching in uh, July. We have a we have a, a soft start date. I think it's going to be mid July. So you know the idea has been to go from speaking for other people about justice to really using my experience now. Uh, and I think that's why you know I I came to you with Chris uh, to talk about you know that transition. And I'm kind of in the middle of that transition now. You know pulling the team together, getting the dates together, um, and trying to find that voice to you know hopefully like, like Chris said, it it may not be measured in in inches or, or feet, but at least to make some progress in. In talking about social justice and and yeah. racial justice, so that's that's me in a pretty long nutshell.
0: No, that's awesome, Tom. And you know, I, I wanted to bring that in because that's exactly what we're talking about. You know. when we say why not now and so you obviously had something ticking within you going you know what there's more i can do or there's a different way i can slice and dice this what is that way so now you formulated that you've got your plan of action and now you're bringing it forward Uh, and i'm sure along that way there were some people who were going what you going to do what i mean what are you talking about i mean i don't understand right Uh, i'll be honest with you it's the opposite
1: Really I've had for the last 10 years, I've had people saying, why don't you do a podcast? Why are you not writing? Why are you still here? I mean, really.
0: Why well, are you still here? <laughs>
1: seriously. They've it, it been like, this ain't working. Why are you here? Right. You know, why are you? Because I just go off. I'm mad about something. And they said, why don't you use your own voice? So I've actually, this is me not listening to people more than anything else um, to, to take it this long. I think I'm, I'm kind of like Bridget, uh, but I let the self the, the self-sabotage, you know, hold me back for a while. I would say, I'm going to do a little bit of this. I'm going to keep trying this way. You know, it wasn't working, but I kept going. And then finally, you know, you get to the point where you get a little bit pushed out of the nest and you decide to jump. But yeah, no, people have been telling me that I should have been, you know, trying to make my own way for at least a decade now. And and I'm just finally catching up to them.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Now, and that that's exactly what we're referring to here is sometimes the, the writing is, as I said, on the wall but you have to still latch onto it, right? And, and then parse it out for what pieces of it make sense to you and that are relevant to you, and then be able to pull that into some type of action plan, something that's written, something that's documented, and don't fall into that trap, which we all do is what Bridget was referring to earlier, of it's not moving fast enough. I'm not having the success that I wanted in the time that I thought I was going to have it. All those different things. Uh, as Chris said a moment ago, measure the progress and the fact that there is progress try to remain in the moment and not get ahead of yourself is i think a key component to it so what else do we want to talk about about and i think one of the other challenges that kind of transitions to what i'm just referring to is staying motivated right from a a focus standpoint Mm -hmm. uh can be a challenge too because again if it's not moving at the pace or you're not having the, the success or you've COVID hits as, you know, Chris was talking about earlier, and that had a huge impact on him being able to keep his restaurant doors open. Uh, How do you restart that engine? And then once you get it restarted, keep that engine running from a motivation standpoint. What are some of the things that you guys have have done in the past that have really helped you uh, keep that focus and and keep moving forward?
3: Well, I would say for me, uh, building a team around me, Um, Certainly, I use my support system um, that I have, um, my normal support system, but building a professional team around me of volunteers, also just reaching out to other um, team mentors, um, whether it be female or male, and and gathering like a, a little team of accountability partners mm-hmm. and that way, you know, cause I just by nature, I'm the motivator in my family, in my, you know, everywhere. So from when I started to get discouraged, you know, I looked around and I had no one to cheer me on. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just used to being that person. So I had to, I had to kind of uh, um, sit back and get an accountability partner. Someone that's going to say, you know, well, this happened, but now let's do this or let's try this. And um, so that has helped me a a team of volunteers um, because I'm a a nonprofit, a team of volunteers will who has uh, can see it from a different um, from different eyes Mm -hmm. and can see the big picture when I can no longer see the big picture. When Mm -hmm. when the girls are not coming or when the topic doesn't seem interesting for everybody and. And I get discouraged. I have a team of volunteers that, that can see what I can't see. Oh no, they were they were interested. Oh no, I saw this and and to encourage me. So that is one way that I stay motivated. Another way is I keep um I keep um quotes in my face, um, affirmations in my face, like everywhere in my mm. space, mm. so that I won't forget my why. Mm. I won't forget why I why I chose this and why I'm on this path. right? Um, and so that has worked for me.
0: Excellent. I know Bridget, we've talked uh, a few times about that. I know that was a, a, a phase in your, your program there where I think you were having like one girl show up right? Something like that. And it was Mm -hmm. like, man, what's going on? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? So you start to question at so many different levels, um, what it is you're doing, why you're doing it. As you said, you have to get back to the why of it. And then also uh, having those support people that, that peer group. Um, and then, you know, the other one, the other thing in the bridge, we've talked about this in the past too, is the blind spots, things that Mm -hmm. you don't even know, but having that peer group around you, that, uh, can help they can point out those things and help shed some light on things from a different perspective that you might not even see or be aware of and i think that's an important piece too
3: with, with my strong personality it was hard to hear other people say well you didn't really do that the way you said you were going to do it so well maybe you need to roll that back and do it you know the way we you planned it um, and so for me it was like well you know this is my program how you gonna tell me <laughs> <laughs> but right. but it, it, i had to it, it, i have learned to be humble in this in this program i have really learned to be humble and take um constructive criticism um and it has really helped me grow hmm.
0: excellent excellent yeah no very very true gentlemen uh what about you guys as from a staying motivated standpoint what's been working for you and what have been some of the challenges
2: well i'll chime in um one of the things like i said we, we i think we all agree um uh having those mentor those mentors and support people um and how to correctly use them you know what I mean because you can overuse them you can underuse them and finding that sweet spot where these people bring to you you know a lot and some of it is the discipline of believe it or not my ment I love my mentors but every once in a while it's you know it's a, they bombard me and I gotta you know I gotta go deaf ear on you you know I mean I, I got what I needed and then I, I gotta shut you down for a minute so I can so I can start to you know have my get my progress back on on point um, and the other thing is how much do you believe in yourself you know I mean you have those are questions you have to ask yourself sometimes. time how much do I believe in myself and um, how much do I believe in my concept or my project mm-hmm. put the if you put I don't know if there's a what the term correct amount of time into it is, but if you put, you know, and like in my case, I'm, you know, I, I know, I know the direction I'm trying to go. Now I'm trying to re, I'm trying to reformat what I really want to do and how, more importantly, how I want it to be seen on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I was just thinking about was I'm entering this phase of my life where, um, that's one of the reasons I'm here on this podcast. I'm in, I'm entering this phase of my life where, I believe and I say I believe that I've, I've I'm transitioning into a consultative state of my life where mm-hmm. I have a lot of experience on a lot of levels in a lot of things. And I'm trying to figure out how to disseminate that out to other people as well as, you know, we have, like I said, we all got children. You know, we got young people that look up to us and, and that's what motivates a lot of, you know. Besides making money, because I love making money, and I'm going to be honest about that. Um, mm-hmm. But the reality is doing good things and sharing what I ha- I'm i at that age where I got all this knowledge. Why do I need to keep why Why, why hoard it? Why keep it? You know what I mean? There's a certain there, – that that has success written all over it. the fact that I have this information. I'm actually able to get it out, and people are actually un- able to understand me.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a,
2: there's a win-win all day long in that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's not, you can't put that on a revenue statement, you know, you put that on a life statement. So those are the things that keep me motivated. That keep me moving forward. We were talking about that last night, Brian, you Hmm. know, through this process. I know we don't have time to talk about last night's experience for him and I, Um, Brian and I've been friends for what, 27 years, something like that.
0: Who's counting? We're not counting.
2: (laughs) Crazy. I don't know, man. It's a lot of freaking years. Okay. (laughs) Bottom line. Um, but just last night's experience resonated in my mind last night, where we've been versus where we're going.
0: Going. Absolutely.
2: And I'm not, I'm at this point now, I'm I'm done looking back. I'm only looking forward. And that's a discipline all in itself to just stop looking back and keep looking forward. But I'm, I'm feeling like, and you know, Tom, I just was with you. Five days ago, you know what I mean, and I hadn't seen you in a a gaggle of years, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: uh, and that gave me something. I mean that 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 energy. Thank you, by the way. I I I don't know if I said that to you, but all these pieces and parts Mm. are helping me propel forward. I'm freaking excited right now. I mean, for me to get up willingly at five in the morning in a (laughs) way, you know, I'm excited. You know what I mean? It's it's just like that. So I'm taking. I'm. Parceling all those experiences and using that to propel me forward, and it could be anything, you know. I mean, we're all fake. i think we—I'd like to say we're all faith people in some shape or form or fashion.
1: No, we're not. Okay, I'm
2: sorry. <laughs>
1: I'm just saying. <laughs> I can count.
2: <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. Anyway, uh, the long and the short of it—that all helps to form, you know, that momentum train.
0: Yes, to keep, keep you motivated. Track. Keep you moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Yeah. It Tell might. What about easy. you?
1: Yeah, mine is much easier. I think uh, I got lucky in a certain sense because I picked a job, you know, what I'm trying to do was talk about social justice, racial justice in America. So what motivates me is the news every day. Um, and I get mad about every new thing that happens. Um, you know, if, if it's a Supreme Court justice, uh, you know, scandal, if it's a Supreme Court opinion, I mean, they've gotten two right lately, but they're mostly wrong. Um, there's all, you know, we average, you know, three police killings a day in this country uh, for uh, of unarmed people that they count so you know it's not hard to figure out what's going to get me going i get mad you know by the time it's you know 11 o'clock now what i'm going to do with that is the is the problem right uh, yeah. my my partner my fiance is a little bit tired of me coming upstairs talking about you know what they just did and then going on for about an hour and a half about that and she's like why don't you go right there why don't you go downstairs don't you have a computer you know and it's that kind of thing but in terms of the motivation uh, it's it's external and it's it's eternal in this case because i am talking about what this country is doing to us so it's not hard to to have that the the gas or the wind in my sails what what is harder for me is to pick the direction and, and how how i'm going to go and that's where the team comes in where i think we've already said that but yeah it's um it's pretty easy to get to get up around here for for this kind of stuff
0: yeah yeah agreed and I, that's that's the key part of it too i think is like you said having that team having that that core group of people that, that, that understand you, that get you. And, you know, you mentioned your, your fiance and I can, I can see where, you know, the, you come in with that energy and, and how you're, you know, kind of riled up about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so you do have that voice, but the mm-hmm. question is how do you channel that and, and mm-hmm. what directions do you channel that? Uh, and not just channel it to get it off your shoulders, but channel it to have an impact, to make a difference. Right. And, you know, so pulling all those pieces and parts together is also one of the things that, you know, we're talking about here when we say, why not now? having Figuring that out as part of the plan mm-hmm. is to, you know, I know what I want to do or where I want to go, but how do I do it? And that's yeah. that, that's a key piece to yeah. all of that as, as you move forward. Um, so peer group, I think, is important. Having mentors. Um, we, we all have all kinds of experiences in life. But being able to pull that together into some type of plan of action mm. is where one of the challenges comes in. And I know it a cha- has been a challenge for me is because it's it's so much. It's, and, it's, you know, and then it's going to the top of the funnel, but at the bottom, you only have this much space that can really come out of it. Mm. right? But then what are the most relevant pieces that should come out of the bottom? Because that's what's going to have the greater impact. And so trying to sort all that out is, is definitely one of the challenges I know I face. Mm. Uh, What else would anyone like to share just in general? uh, Obviously, overcoming challenges is one of the the parts that we wanted to talk about a little bit, too, is uh, when you hit that wall. I mean, COVID for me, for example, was um, just a, a, a challenge in lifestyle, a challenge in social uh, mm-hmm. at, from a social aspect and many different things like that. Uh, there was also some things from a, a business and business growth standpoint that became challenges out of that. But then that's life, you know, it, that's, I won't say it's, it was different, but you know, you go back to the 2008 financial crisis right. and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, definitely knocked a lot of people off their cart as well. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that are going to happen in life. Mm -hmm. What are some of the mechanisms and triggers or different systems that maybe you put into place to deal with those types of challenges when they happen?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, COVID was a blessing in a lot of ways for for a lot of the work in government. Not obviously we lost so many more people unnecessarily because of what we did in mishandling it. But in terms of, I was in uh, government at the time And we had been thinking about uh, and people had talked about work from home and and whether or not people needed to be uh, in the office at all times and what your work life balance was. And the answer for management uh, had been just hell no. In here at eight o'clock, out of here at five o'clock, you know, that's what it has to be. We'll collapse if you're not here that, you know, everything will stop. And then, of course, COVID came and we all had to go home. And the, the city didn't collapse. We didn't all die. We didn't, you know, people didn't start stealing hours from from the, the office, you know, willy-nilly. And we found out that you could live a different way. And now you're seeing, I think, some some of that pullback because I think uh, some more conservative forces in the, in our city are trying to to bring people back to work more than they want to, and so a lot of people are leaving. But it taught us that there was a different paradigm that we could live under. And it taught us, you know, that we could manage to, to actually interact with each other. It's not the same, it doesn't replace human interaction, but it can support it. I've taught uh, four classes now, virtually, and four classes uh, in person. They're different. Uh, We watch movies, and we can chat with each other. And kids who never speak in class are in the chats all over the place, Mm -hmm. right? And so they're getting something out of this that they wouldn't get in class. And so I think what it taught me, and it gave me even more ground as an advocate, is to talk to people about frameworks that they thought they couldn't challenge before. You know, now I can say to you, you thought you couldn't do this, but now you do this all the time. You thought you couldn't be out of the office. So I talked to the manager, right? And you thought that the, the world had to look this way. Now you lived another way. And so you can't tell me when I tell you, you know, to talk about reparations. Oh, we can't do that. Yes, you can. You just have to think about it differently. So I think in that sense, I, I shouldn't start off with COVID with a blessing. That's a terrible quote. But it, it, what it did, though, was teach us that we can live a different way. And and I think the lesson that we could bring out of that, if if we do, uh, take the take the good lessons out of it, is that we can do better by each other. Uh, I, I I wonder if we will actually figure that out entirely, but it's there for us to know. Absolutely. Well,
3: while this is not a podcast about COVID, I will say that for me as well, it kind of it opened my eyes to what my program was really about, and the setback was that we couldn't gather anymore. Um, and so just talking about COVID, we couldn't gather anymore. But what happened was, and I teen, I mentor teen, teen girls, so it's hard to get them in one space and agree on one thing. Um, but what I ha- had the chance to do is individually mentor virtually. So I got to know these girls in a new way that I had not known them before. And it almost gave me my why. <laughs> it almost gave me my okay this is what you really was going into this for um you were having group activities everything was fun the whistles and the, everything was you know everything was fun but now you are really getting to what's going on with these girls in their lives because now you are one-on-one with them virtually some of them wouldn't get on the camera so i decided to do it another way we're just going to do one-on-one we're just going to do one-on-one activities and and it took up a lot of um it, it filled in a lot of time for me as well as the girls, because even though I was still teaching from home, um, the girls were in school from home, but they were, you know, how that went, you know, virtually they weren't learning. And so it it, it helped them a lot. Now, I will say overcoming setbacks, I just, they're in- inevitable. Mm-hmm. I just look at the progress from the last setback. That's how I, that's how I overcome it. Look at the progress from the last, look at my experience from the last setback, because it's going to happen. I feel my feelings and then i begin again. Mm-hmm that's how, that's how I treat every setback is look at what happened before
0: yeah yeah the I think the key piece is the learning right take take the what you learn from those setbacks and, and try to focus your energy there and not so much on what what you lost or those things I mean that is part of the learning too but typically you can come out of it if you do that with a better plan or an adjusted plan that works better. As you said, being able to know those girls now on a, a more intimate level because you did have the one-on-one time and the value of that uh, that you now see. Uh, and so you probably use that differently now and it's probably a, a regular mix of what's in your program. or right. originally it wasn't, right? So those are the, the things that you learn and that you can take away from when you do have those setbacks. and That's a, that's a big, big, big piece of it too. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. So I want to kind of bring us to the end. Uh, and, and what I want to do at this point is kind of have what I call final thoughts. So this is where you share whatever it is that you would like to share with our audience about staying motivated, moving forward, taking those action steps, actually Why not now? Let's, let's push them forward. Well, Uh, I'm going to go first because I don't want to end up having to follow somebody
1: wonderful. And I can guarantee you that you won't have to (laughs) let us hear it Tom. So, look, I mean, uh, I'm, I am going to keep it very brief. I think, you know, one of my favorite expressions is the the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And the next best time to plant a tree is today. Right. And whenever you decide to make your move, is really going to be your right time i have to just say that for folk because if, if people are thinking you know i can or i should have already or i missed my window you didn't your window is whenever you open it and i think you know I th- we've, we've touched on it a few times the, the one thing i would say to people is talk to people you trust and listen to them those are the people the people who care about you who love you right and who know you those are the people who are going to help you do whatever it is you're dreaming about and so that would be the one piece of advice that i would have because i'm, I'm not anybody's businessman but i am a human And I know that what motivates us is to help other people uh, and and to be helped by the people we love. So that's what I would suggest. Find the people you love, share your dreams with them, and then uh, see what happens after
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. Who would like to go after that?
3: Um, Because I'm pretty simple as well. And I talk to teenagers uh, and young women. I just say, start, you know, start late, start over, start scared, um, start alone, just start.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That, that, that is the big piece of it, right? Just start. You have to take one stand. You know, my, my saying I always use bridges about how to eat an elephant, right? Mm -hmm. I said it all the time. One bite at a time. You've got to start. Right. So uh, that's the most important one. Chris, what would you like to share?
2: Well, I want to make just well start. I want to make a statement, uh, setbacks challenges. It just comes with the territory. It's called life. Um, and I mean, once you really kind of zero in on that, um, it, it I don't know, I don't know if I want to say it becomes easier. Um, one of my go-tos is resiliency. So uh, I've been knocked down more times than I care to count, um, but the reality is I just keep getting up. And each time I get up, you know, I man, it's kind of like the Rocky deal, you know what I mean? I just keep getting up. and. Uh, you find new ways through that, those, cha- you know, you know, we talk about Brown all the time, life is about peaks and valleys. Um, I'm coming out of the Valley right now. Um, and My time in the Valley was very beneficial for for this time around. It's at one time I can say, okay, I learned a lot being in the Valley. Uh, and now I'm ready to take what I learned and come back out of the Valley. And this is that part where, like I say, I, how much do you believe in yourself? Um, How much do you believe in your project or your, uh, your dream or your goal or whatever it is? Um, And you know, what I'll also want to say is operating in the entrepreneurial space requires more than just smarts. It's part luck, you know what I mean? It's part dedication. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's part, um, really believing in what you, where you're trying to go, even though there are times in the know in the day and through the course of this journey where, that self-doubt creeps in like can i do this you know what i mean the reality is yes you can do this you know the, the uh, plans sometimes you know they say you're sometimes you're only as good as your plan well sometimes it's not even about the plan you're only as good as what 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 you have inside you um and your ability to just keep soldiering on you know what i mean that's that's very key you know what i mean uh, i'm becoming my i'm becoming one of my own biggest cheerleaders so i cheer you know i'm learning how to cheerlead me on you know what i mean i'm i'm in the mirror i'm like you can do this bro you know what i mean you just you know you can do this so just doing that you know like i said i not only did i give other people advice i give myself advice you know what i mean I, and i saved the best some of the best of it for myself you know what i mean you can't give it all away you got to actually take it in and you know use it for your good so you know never forget who's the, you know, this is the part where you become a little selfish. Never Mm -hmm. forget who is the most important person in this equation. And that is you.
0: Right. Absolutely. So I want to wrap up with sharing it this way. Um, What for me, it's people. And when I say people call it, people call it peers, call it your support group, call it, as Bridget said earlier, your accountability partner, whoever it might be, but having groups of, kind of conversations with people like the guys that I have here right now in front of me uh, are key for me. And I think that's one of the things that to be aware of is the peer group that you set yourself up with. And what I mean by that is this, and there's a, a, uh, it's not really a quote, but basically it says that if you hang out with three people who are either billionaires, entrepreneurs, wealthy, whatever it might be, you will be the fourth if you hang out with three idiots and you will be the fourth right so it's it's about peer group and obviously it's not a literal thing doesn't mean you will become rich mm-hmm. but what i'm saying with that is if you have a certain vision and you want to see yourself in a certain light and in a certain place you do have to kind of seek an environment that's conducive to that to put yourself in a in a peer group and in a circle and, and in a light that's shining in that particular direction. Mm-hmm. So if there's anything that I would wanna share would be that be very aware and be conscious of the peer group, the people, the circle that you choose to, to put yourself in, because that is going to be a great, great influence on who you are, who you become, your thought process, and many, many other things. So that that's the last uh, thing I really would like to share as far as how to move it and how to move your way forward uh, as far as getting it done, getting it done, and, and, and starting now. Uh, starting ugly, as Bridget said, just start, whatever that takes, but uh, start with some guidance and start with a group of people that will support you, as Tommy said, and uh, that understand and know who you are and, and, and care that about you and, and what it is you're trying to get done.
2: Cool. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. So, folks, I think that's it for today. I that's want to work. thank... All of you for for joining me, Uh, get back to your Saturdays. For all of you online who are watching, thank you for joining us. Uh, Happy Father's Day, which is tomorrow for all of the days. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Father's Day Day. to all of you. And uh, until next time, which we'll be doing a session on uh, July 1st, will be the next session coming up. So we look forward to seeing you on that. Until then, everyone take care, be safe. We'll definitely see you soon. Bye now.
2: Keep pushing. 100%.
0: Keep stepping forward, right? Yep. Take care, guys. Bye now. All All right.